Hi, this is Vicki Lawrence, and you are listening to TV Confidential. Roberts with a reminder that you can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker just by saying, Alexa, play TV Confidential. Enabling the TV Confidential skill is easy. To find out how to do it, go to televisionconfidential.com forward slash Alexa. Danelle Dadigan will join us later on the program. Danelle Dadigan, founder and president of the Hollywood Museum. We hope to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we are spending the first part of our program remembering Tim Conway. Tim Conway, the iconic actor, comedian, and improvisational genius who passed away on Tuesday, May 14th at the age of 87. In our first segment, Jeffrey Mark mentioned that Tim Conway is probably best remembered for his performances on The Carol Burnett Show, and particularly his work with Harvey Corman. And though he appeared many times on The Burnett Show, Conway did not actually become a regular on the show until its ninth season, 1975. How Conway finally came to join the cast of The Carol Burnett Show is one of many things you will learn in our colleague Wes Hyatt's book, The Carol Burnett Show Companion, So Glad We Had This Time, which is available through Bear Manor Media. Conway ended up becoming a regular on the show because he was very much a fan favorite. Uh, He first did the show I think it was the third or fourth show they had with Lucille Ball, and he was uh, hysterical playing a newscaster who ran out of news um, during his uh, on-air presentation and trying to um, come up with things to entertain people on uh, a camera. And then after that, a couple more appearances, then they had real comic magic with uh, him and Harvey that especially, I think it was in 1969, was when he did the dentist sketch with Harvey, where he had played a dentist who accidentally injected Novocaine into different parts of his body and, and numbed himself and fell over Harvey. Hold on that, man. Let's see how this works here. Okay, Novocaine. Here we are. Novocaine. Take a firm hold of the hypodermic needle. Right. There'll be a little bit of pain, and then numbness will set in. Barbie was cracking up because this was not anything that they had done in the rehearsal, and that became a trademark of Tim. That's why he was able to make Harvey laugh. Everybody confirmed on there that, like, Tim, a lot of the stuff Tim did to, to, to Harvey was stuff that Harvey had never seen before until it was airtime and, and held back. You know, he looked at different ways he could insert some stuff and everything. And Harvey did try not to laugh, but, you know, he was just hit there, and, and that would be part of the appeal of him doing the show. And not only that was part of the appeal of Tim Conway doing the show, that was part of the appeal of watching the show because as a viewer, you don't expect to see Harvey Corman crack up. You expect yeah, him to exactly. go. Th- you you expect him to go through it because that's what you're paid to do. But it was it was kind of cool that they would leave some of that stuff in for the viewers. Yeah, it was, and I think they did that intentionally there because they did they taped two shows. They taped um, what they called the uh, dress show first around four or five in the afternoon on Fridays, and then the air show around seven. Uh, and, uh, um, on Friday nights, and typically Tim would check and make sure 
with uh, the director Dave Powers. Did you get all the shots that we had in, in this sketch? And like, yes, we did, and everything. So I was like, okay. Good. With that in mind, then he knew that he could go off script in the next taping, and he often did. And usually, that was when he, you know, got Harvey pretty off track and everything. And, and the interesting thing is, if you watch them there, he did that a lot with Harvey and with Carol and so on there. Vicky was the one who kept most composed on all those whenever there were bloopers or, you know, surprise things on there. She always managed to stay pretty much uh, in character. Which which goes back to what we said a little while ago about, you know, how she went from being the least experienced to the one who grew the most. I mean, that's that's the side of a true pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. She um, She's had that blooper they have of what well, Tim did the whole story about uh, the Siamese elephants and everything and it was something new and it cracked up the whole cast. See, uh, this elephant uh, had this little dwarf trainer and uh... <laughs> just used to put a little ballerina skirt on that elephant. around the circus that that dwarf and the elephant were lovers. So then Carol Lejeune said, Mama, you know, trying to get Vicky to interject, and Vicky said, are you sure that little so-and-so finished, <laughs> you know, and that cracked up the ground. No, I can't say the word. Yes, you yes, know. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But I, I, I know, I, I know, I know the sketch you're talking about because I've seen it. You know? But, uh, but to touch on something you just said, I mean, what most people improvise. You, when we think of improvise, you think of you know just kind of you know doing it extemporaneously, but. When Tim would go off script, there was always a method to his madness, and he would, and as you say, he always made sure that the show got what it needed, so that there wouldn't be wasting any. Because it, look, it, it you know it 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 costs time time is money in television, you know. So it's yeah, like he, exactly. he he would make sure he he would make sure that they would have the shots, and he would look he would look for places in the script where he might be able to do that because you know if you if you're totally improvising you know you may say something or do something that makes what the other actor in the scene it, it may make their line impossible to say so you have to be mindful of that you know even when you're doing your own thing yeah he would rarely improvise for example during the family sketches as, as Mickey Harper he was pretty much in character there were one or two lines that you can tell the way the cast was reacting and trying to hide that he was, you know, uh, interjecting something there. But basically, he would play it uh, pretty, pretty straight there. Um, and he knew because he, he was a writer and he'd been, you know, doing, you know, comedy forever mm -hmm. in his life. There, you know, he, I think he knew the right areas when it was free from to improvise and where he just needed to kind of follow the written page. Wesley Hyatt, author of the Carol Burnett Show Companion on Tim Conway's pension for improvising, usually during the second taping of every week's Carol Burnett show, as well as the times when he knew to stay on script, particularly when taping the family sketches. Wes's book, The Carol Burnett Show Companion, is available through our friends at Bear Manor Media. We're paying tribute to actor-comedian Tim Conway this hour. Tim Conway passed away Tuesday, May 14th, at the age of 87. Wes mentioned... 
the famous elephant story blooper that occurred during one of the family sketches. That blooper was the source of one of the biggest outbursts of laughter on the Carol Burnett Show, second only to Carol's appearance in the curtain rod dress in the famous Carol Burnett Show parody of Gone with the Wind. You might recall that Vicki Lawrence appeared on TV Confidential back in 2016, and one of the things we talked to Vicki about was the elephant story blooper. Yeah, that sketch, when Tim got written into the family sketches as Mickey Hart, mm-hmm. Carol took us all aside and she said, you know how much I love these characters. And I would say Eunice and Mama and Ed, I would say they were probably, arguably, her favorite sketches on The Burnett Show. Mm-hmm. I mean, she couldn't, those writers couldn't write them fast enough for her. She loved doing Eunice. And uh, she took us all aside and she said, you know what a little troublemaker Tim is. She said, and you know how I feel about these characters. I don't want us to break the fourth wall. I want us to have some discipline, all right? And, of course, that night, Tim's in the sketch, and who loses it first but Carol, who's given us all this lecture, mm-hmm. you know, about how we're supposed to respect that fourth wall. <laughs> I just remember looking at her going, oh, for crying out loud, who's the one with no discipline? Anyway, our, we used to do uh, an afternoon show. We'd have a little hour dinner break, uh, and then we'd do an evening show, and we used to do them live, like, a, like live, mm-hmm. out, out of hell. Uh, the only thing we would stop for is, is a, if it was a huge costume change or a huge set change. And on your little dinner break, you'd get your makeup touched up and your hair, and you'd get notes from the uh, director who would come by your dressing room and tell you we're moving this mark in the finale or we're cutting this line or we're changing this joke. Anyway, he came by my dressing room that night. He said, I have only one note for you tonight. The uh, elephant story will be different, and good luck. (laughs) And I remember thinking, you know, how does he get away with it? He just gets away with it. So I just decided I would get him that night. Well, you not only got him, if I, if I remember correctly, you were the only cast member who didn't lose it. I mean, you... Who didn't lose my right? <laughs> <laughs> That's because Mama is so cantankerous. She just doesn't lose her very easily. He does not. She does, <laughs> she does not. Vicki Lawrence, on being the only cast member of the Carol Burnett Show to keep her cool on the night when... Tim Conway let loose with the famous elephant story while taping a sketch of the family. Tim Conway passed away this past Tuesday, May 14th, at the age of 87. Jeffrey Mark mentioned earlier in the program that none of us would have been able to enjoy Tim Conway were it not for Rosemary. Rosemary discovered Tim Conway back in 1961. She shared that story when she appeared on TV Confidential back in September 2012. Well, it was the first year of the Van Dyke Show, and we were sent out one person from four new shows was sent on a promotional tour. We wound up in Cleveland, and I said, Hi, this is Rosemary. Be sure to watch the Van Dyke Show, blah, 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 blah. And I get funny remarks from the control room. And I said, who is that? And they said, do you mind doing it again, baby? You know, and I said, come on, who's up there? And they said, just do it one more time. And he was making jokes with me. I said, I got to meet this guy. So I met him. And I said, you're very funny. He says, well, we do local things here, me and my partner. We do the midnight show. We do this, we do that. And I said, you're very, very funny. I said, look. I'm not trying to be a big shot, but 
Do you have anything on tape or, or audio or anything like that? I'd like to take it back to Cal. I'm not promising anything because I'm not a talent scout. But I love talent, and I think you have a lot of talent. He says, well, all I have is an audio. I don't have any any tape. But this is about a, me and my partner did a thing on baseball mm-hmm. that the game was rained out, and we're trying to get back to the studio, and there's nobody at the studio. I said, that sounds funny. Give me that. So I come home with this, and I tell my husband, I said, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard. I played it to him, and he says, sign him up. And I said, sign him up? <laughs> he says, become his manager. I said, I'm lucky I can handle my own career. And he said, sign him up, because you can do a hell of a lot for this guy. He's very funny. So I said, okay. So I, Steve Allen was putting together a new show, and he was looking for new people. And I walked in on the auditions, and he said, what are you doing here? I said, I want you to hear this. I think you're going to like it. And I left. And by the time I got home, he called. He says, I want this guy. I said, well, I'm his manager. And I said, it's going to cost you. <laughs> I said, what do you want to do? He says, I want to put him on the show. I said, $1,000 on first class round trip fare from Cleveland. And he says, that's an awful lot. I said, I don't want him. You do. That's right. Wow. <laughs> and he said, okay. So I called Tom. Well, he changed his name to Tim Conway. His name is Tom Conway. In real life. changed it because, uh, what's his name? Uh, George Thunder's brother was uh, Tom Conway. Mm-hmm. So he changed it to Tim. So I called him up and I said, they're going to send you a ticket to come to California. They want you to do a show. Oh, he was thrilled. He came in. They loved him. He was terrific. And Steve said, I want him for four more shows. I said, Steve, I'm his manager, and I know what goes on. I said, I want $2,500 a show. And also, first class fare, because I don't know, he might want to go back home. So he said, Jesus, you're an awful manager. <laughs> and I said, well, you want him, I don't. That's right. And that's how it happened. Then my husband passed away. I took care of him. I got him the McHale's Navy. Wow. And that was a wonderful story because they wanted to sign him to a universal contract. And I said, no, no, no. Just sign him for the show. Because if they ever make a movie, he'd have to be paid from the contract. This way they have to pay him separately for the movie. So I got him 25000 for the movie. And my husband passed away. And I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm lucky I can handle my own stuff. And I told Tom, and I said, I'm sorry, but I'll put you with William Morris. I'll give you one of the guys there that I like, and he'll take care of you and you can call me anytime, and I'll try to help you as much as I can. And the rest is history. Yeah, and he never forgot what you did for him. Oh, no, no, no. He was wonderful. When I got my star on Hollywood Boulevard, he sent me a letter. 
He says, because of you, I can't be there. I'm busy working. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. So, no, we're very good friends. In fact, I'm his daughter's godmother. I'm godmother to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Rosemary sharing the story of how she discovered Tim Conway in 1961, brought him to Hollywood, and managed his career through 1966. Tim Conway passed away this past Tuesday, May 14th at the age of 87. We'll be back with more TV Confidential right after this. Got a product or service that you want our listeners to know about? Become an advertiser or underwriter of TV Confidential and let our brand help promote your brand. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com forward slash advertise or visit the TV Confidential page at advertisecast.com. Uber is the mobile app that connects you with a driver for immediate transportation. Request a ride at the tap of a button and you have a driver curbside in minutes. You can choose to be driven in a black car, SUV, or you can choose UberX, the low-cost Uber for a ride in a hybrid or mid-range car. Payment is seamless and cashless. Build to your card on file with no need to tip. Enter the promo code TVCONFIDENTIAL after you download the app to receive a free first ride up to $20. For more information, go to get.uber.com forward slash go forward slash TV Confidential. Are payday loans ruining your life? Do you want control over your money again? If you have two or more payday loan cash advances, listen closely. You may be eligible for a program payday loan companies don't want you to know about. A program that may help get aggressive and unfair payday loan companies out of your bank account and get you back on track to financial freedom. Payday loan companies may trap you into paying outrageously high interest rates, and they take way too much of your hard-earned money every week. We understand their tactics and know how to keep them off your back. We'll fight hard to help you regain control of your money. If you have two or more payday loan cash advances, call right now for a free consultation. 800-488-5880. 800-488-5880. 800-488-5880. That's 800-488-5880. Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life. But it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. Their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide, including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. Front Porch Realty Group. They'll find the solution that works best for you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. 
You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.